obviously you made a right turn because here's the wrong kind of podcast hey everybody welcome to the show it's the wrong kind of podcast Derek's over there in his chair today hey hey and we've got a guest david johnson you are formerly from coffville someday you're going to come back tell us all about it who are you uh, David Johnson, class of 91, Phil Kinley. Uh, Ooh, 91, I'm a 90. Uh, Coffeeville Community College, class of 92. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Kansas, class of 95. Uh, now living in Kansas City, and um, I'm a, a consultant in transportation. I do a lot of advocacy work up there, have over the last couple decades for public transportation and, and grassroots neighborhood development. Uh, I live in the Crossroads Arts District, if you're familiar. Very familiar. With Kansas City, Missouri, uh, which is a real cool, um, well, it's obviously an arts district, but it's got a lot of small-scale development, mm-hmm. of old brick buildings. Um, I live in one of those. Um, For anybody wondering, that's south of the skyscrapers and north of the train station. That's right. Yep. That's right. right. Uh, the crossroads of everything. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I think what brought us back to Coffeeville to, to look at developing downtown, which will be kind of the focus of uh, what I'll be talking about today is, you know, these buildings, and there's everybody's got an opinion about downtown and what it needs they to sure have happen, do. right? But I think what we've learned is that there are some pretty simple uh, concepts that work just about everywhere. So even in big Kansas City and small Coffeeville, if you put people above like retail, then that combination can catalyze other things because there's a built-in audience for the retail, and whether it's a restaurant or like a thrift store or whatever. So you're talking about creating ownership, essentially, of the neighborhood, kind of. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the one good thing about the current ownership of Coffeeville's downtown buildings is it's it's mostly concentrated with local people. There are some yes. out of town interests, yeah. right? And that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But um, we are actually under contract to purchase what was the Plaza Pharmacy. Very cool building. At uh, mm-hmm. eight, tw- I think it's technically signed eight twenty four South Walnut, but it's actually eight twenty eight. A little little tidbit there, uh, facing the plaza, um, and we've been looking for downtown buildings for a while. Um, we bought a house here about a year ago, All right. and so we're spending more time. My fa- whole family's here, and so being closer to them more often is the main goal, but also to leverage what we've learned in Kansas City to uh, be a catalyst for uh, specifically downtown, but I'm also very involved in the Midland uh, yeah, restoration, yeah. and so I'm on that board, mm-hmm. and I joined that earlier this year, and um, my uh, former teacher, Daryl Harbaugh, which I'm sure everybody knows, oh, yeah. uh, sort of kind of, you know, nudged me in that direction. And I, I have a personal, like a lot of people, a personal connection to the Midlands, uh, having watched a bunch of movies there growing up. And then I actually lived across the street in an apartment above a shop, yeah. the TV, McBride yeah. TV shop, um, the last uh, year I was here. And so, um, and I'm just a, still a very big a movie buff. So getting involved in that, buying house, wanting to be closer to family again, and frankly, getting a little tired of city stuff um, 100% of the time. <laughs> it's fun to visit and then come home. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's made me more appreciative of like my upbringing and mm-hmm. what makes smaller towns, and Kansas, to be honest, yeah. so special, is that it's just a different pace, 
and I don't, I'm not ready to have it 100% of the time, but enough to, um, you know, start making an investment and uh, start to get to know people again because it's really it's been 30 years of sort of not at all paying attention we're all still here <laughs> yeah right we're just older now and um it is kind of strange because i i wasn't super i've never been to a high school reunion um and kind of didn't really uh, i had a small group of friends in high school here and wasn't you know I don't think particularly well known, other than I'm know, not going to lie to you, man. You're you're younger than me. And I don't remember you. <laughs> uh, if, if anybody remembers me, it was uh, being involved in the student newspaper. Uh, I was editor uh, of the Tornado Times when it existed. If that's a throwback, anybody. So when you talk about all the clicks in high school, you know the classic '80s and movies. Mm-hmm. I got a feeling you and I were probably I was in the parking lot. Okay, I think I know exactly yeah, what that means. Yeah, I was in the parking lot, or I was on uh, River Road. So anybody okay, that's listening, I, they I know a, what that means. I had a brush that's with very... that briefly, and I was like, okay, there's a whole other scene. Yeah, there's a whole other scene. <laughs> you, just, you just mentioned parking lot. That's very descriptive. And of what River Road. You were yeah, in. like yeah. I knew exactly yeah. what that looked it, like. It, well, I was able to go between the north end and the south end of the part. I was, I was, uh, I don't know. I got along with everybody in there. There was the the people that did the thing down there and the guys that did the thing down there. So, you know, I was, I was cool. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I was stuck in, uh, the journalism room, uh, at uh, high school, like late at night, putting, putting the tornado times together. And then eventually I did the same thing at, uh, CCC. Well, that's cool. Um, yeah. and this is where I'm noteworthy, uh, that, well, maybe oh, if you only had something to do with the college in 1992, but, um, my friend Don Edwards, whom you probably know, I know Don. Uh, we were co-editors of the Coffeeville Community College had a student newspaper at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, Don, in his infinite wisdom and uh, ability to piss people off, and he would he would uh, appreciate that. Um, I believe that he would wrote a column that was critical of the college president, and uh, it became quite an ordeal. It went. Um, it was going to go to court because he shut the newspaper down, claiming he was the publisher, which was not true. So, mm-hmm. um, And really, that whole debacle ended up shutting the whole newspaper down and the program, and they haven't had one since. So that really? would be oh, wow. uh, sort of my other claim to fame for Coffeeville is being partially responsible for shutting down the student newspaper and the journalism program. That's a, <laughs> that's a claim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you're back to open stuff up. Open yes. Now I'm back to open new doors. Isn't, and, uh, isn't that interesting? Because I was out front of the city hall the other day, and there was a group of what I considered old friends. These are these were also parking lot people, and uh, <laughs> I said, "Here you are up there speaking. Here you are up there speaking. Another guy is a department head, and he's up there presenting. I'm clearly running for commission. Have been a commissioner before. I said, dang." We've grown up or something. And one of them said, uh, yeah, we used to try to stay away from this building because that's where the cop shop is. <laughs> yeah. You know, we tried to stay away. And now here we are willingly, you know, voluntarily coming up here and getting involved. And it's cool that, you know, you uh, have come home too. And what you used to say, shutting doors, now you're opening. Right. Yeah. So it's a good deal, man. Yeah. So what's some of your plans for downtown? Well, you know, just starting with the building that we have under contract to um, – you know, it was Plaza Pharmacy, and mm-hmm. then it was uh, the current owner um, 
had a store there for some time, uh, but hasn't really been doing much with it other than storage for, for a while. Uh, and what's crazy about the second floor, you said you, I think you I've told me earlier you'd been in the recently, building. recently, like within the last month I've been in it, yeah. Yeah, so um, did you go upstairs? Yes, sir. Okay, that's crazy. So the upstairs of that building... i seen it years ago. Uh, are you sure you saw the real upstairs? Because there's a space uh, above the... I didn't go into the space. Okay. I'm not sure. So um, the first floor has a false ceiling, mm-hmm. a drop ceiling, mm-hmm. and there's kind of a, you could call it maybe an attic... I didn't go up in there because we just weren't interested. I didn't at that point. I was being nosy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but the real upstairs, the second floor, is yeah, parking um, lot. People was yeah. four doctors' office yes. stalls uh-huh. uh, that they just shut the door in like 1968 Love. and like nothing was touched. Yeah. Oh really? Um, it's pretty crazy. And so our plan up there, um, I mentioned residential. So it would be two to four studio apartments. Um, huge up there. Yeah, it's it's pretty big space, but it's still, um, you know, the, there, there's a long corridor, and then each of the stalls is mm-hmm. sort of has a door off to the side, and so we want to keep that layout, not mm-hmm. the interior walls of each office, but um, that hallway and the doors, and they've got that great privacy glass. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll keep cool. all of that if we can, and uh, we want to put the the building on the state um, landmarks or historic register list. I don't have to tell you. What that means when you go to remodel it? Uh, we know we know we're walking into this with our eyes open. I've got um, a friend of mine in in Kansas City who's redeveloped five historic buildings that are all on the register national register, which is more restrictive. And um, he's advising us and letting us know you can't just yes. rip the windows out and put in vinyl. You can't correct me and educate me if yeah. I'm wrong. But when you do that, you put that notation on your building that this is historic. Like you said, you just can't go down to Lowe's and get you a vinyl window. It has to be, like, appearance-wise, aesthetically pleasing to the design, or what is the scoop It's not there? really about aesthetics. It's about keeping the original character. And okay. if you think about it, the reason we like those buildings is they have a certain look to those, them. Those windows up there are massive until you get next to they, them. They are massive, and I think they were damaged by a storm yes. some years ago, and now they have metal sheeting on them. But yes. So I, um, I didn't realize that. I, was, I thought that you was going to go down the path that you had to be careful with things like asbestos and stuff, but you're talking about you also like have the to looks do that, of the but, building. Yeah. Uh, no, it really is. Um, the like constant inspections of like every yeah. little thing. Yeah, each state under the whatever the federal law that created the National uh, Register of Historic Places in the, I think it was the 60s or 70s, um, each state has to have a state historic preservation office. Mm. And it varies by state how strict they are. But Kansas has been pretty, I'm told, um, pretty easy to work with compared to, say, Missouri, uh, about, you know, how strict they are with interpreting, you know. uh, Generally, the approach is, like for like. So if there is a window or a wall or uh, in the case of the upstairs, the corridor with the four doors and the windows with the privacy glass and all that, if it's in good shape, they really want you to restore, not replace. Yes, I understand. And Hmm. so um, if you didn't want to go down that path, you could, of course, just take those windows out and put in a vinyl vinyl window from Lowe's. but Which could uh, be a lot of times a cheaper option, really. Yes, but there are there are benefits that come with 
you know, there's 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 a, there's a flip side to that, which we get historic tax credits if yes. we qualify. Okay, that will pay for essentially in a rural setting, 40% of the construction cost. Oh, wow. So, um, this house but is about people to become are, historic. People are scared <laughs> of it because of what you said. Yes. And we, you know, ha- had we not been friends with and know people who've gone through that, those kinds of restorations uh, and demystified it for us. Um, and so our goal is to kind of help other downtown properties understand, Very okay, good. well, here's what it really means. You can actually do the state list only and not the federal one uh, because the state one's actually more lucrative, especially in a rural area, and you can sell the tax credits later uh, to make money to pay off the debt you put into spending more on the renovation. Okay. Uh, so that's our plan. And then, of course, the city is offering local incentives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as um, uh, the city will often say, they're performance-based, so you have to do the project first. Yes. Then you get the incentive. And so uh, we're honestly just cashing out uh, the equity in our home in Kansas City and using that as seed money. Uh, and then, the, uh, you know, we're not planning to make money. Somebody who was developing residential would tell you they want a 6 to 8% return on their investment. Mine's zero because I don't, like, I would love to make a little bit so I could maybe do a second building and then a third uh, and that's how a lot of people uh, who are smaller scale developers get started. Also the same with flipping houses, right? You start one mm-hmm. and you do the next one. And so um, that's kind of the loose plan. But if we have to stop at one um, or, you know, God forbid we declare bankruptcy or something, yeah. like we will at least have contributed to uh, restoring something cool. uh, because it shouldn't take long. I know that you said the the you know your impression of the building was was not great and we have not had a structural person in there that's this uh, coming week i don't know that the structure itself it was a little daunting to us sure you know we yeah. were like well this is not our jam here yeah i mean a building with plaster walls that hasn't been you know maintained is always going to look pretty creepy, you know. It's like yeah. is it, you know, right out of a scene in Saw or something. Good you know, lord, you, man! I just used that exact analogy <laughs> on that the other day. I said I kept waiting for Jigsaw to it walk does, out, yeah, right? Me up. Um, and the fact that they were medical offices, you yes. know, there's, oh, yeah. a, there's a weird, you know, like what kind of thing is going to be thrown at me, and you know, in the eye or takes, something. It probably takes some pretty amazing pictures for social media before it's restored. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I've had a couple people contact me like, if you find any weird medical stuff, I want to buy yeah. it. Um, yeah. I took and, a couple pictures. Nothing really. That cool. Oh really? Yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, I find the I've I've lived in Caulfield since uh, 06. I didn't I didn't grow up here, but I've basically been here my whole professional life. And the whole downtown thing, of course, is you know everybody has twelve opinions. Um, but I feel like the biggest I don't know if it's a complaint or Justin, you can tell me yay or nay on this. But the thing I hear people scream about the most on restoring downtown buildings, it's always the roofs. Um, the roofs, roofs, what, how do you say? Uh, roofs, roofs, I would say roofs. Um, so anyway, there's so many people, people have to back out of buildings a lot of times I've heard because the roof costs almost as much as the entire purchase of the building. And that's why we want to prove that you can, if you have a well-planned project where you address that stuff from the beginning, like mm-hmm. we're going to put a new roof on this building regardless of whether it quote needs one or not, oh, okay. because yeah. we want number one, to tap into those incentives and that's at an eligible expense. Okay. But also like that's going to be a 30-year invest, 20 or 30-year investment right. that we won't have to worry about again and then get caught having to spend seventy or $80,000 on 
down the line. Like we're going to make that investment now if we deem it's necessary, and it probably mm-hmm. is, even right. though it's actually not leaking. Uh, it not. has leaked, yes, obviously. Has. That room up there uh, is very neat. It's kind uh-huh. of amazing. And, um, you know, uh, there are probably other buildings that are in better shape, but there's actually, I haven't talked about it yet, but there's actually a personal connection to the building. My sister Kelly, her husband is the son of Dean Bauer, who was the farm, like one of the pharmacists at Plaza Pharmacy for like 40 years. And so, um, you know, he grew up running around that space and, uh, my sister even worked there. Both of my sisters worked there uh, at some point. And so um, I don't have a personal connection to it, but my family does. And so that was kind of added an added bonus by having it be on the market, a price we could afford, yeah. and then being ready to develop a plan. Because we, when we looked at buildings before, we didn't have a plan. Like we were just like, wow, it'd be cool to own a building, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you kind of, you know, do the math and figure out, well, we need to have a plan um and then it just so happened that last year the state passed a new program called uh, i'm gonna get this it's rhid it's rural housing incentive district and uh it existed already but what they did was they expanded it to allow uh residential above retail in rural downtowns so exactly what we're planning to do that is now capable of getting reimbursed from really? the increment of the improvement. So we make the improvement, the tax value goes up. Mm-hmm. We capture that in, increment and it can be it can pay off the eligible expenses like a roof, yeah. um, new plumbing, which it'll need. There's sure. no HVAC on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that'll all have to be figured out. And so those are all eligible expenses from that program, but each community has to activate it locally so whatever your opinion is about city government at the moment they have done all the steps necessary most of the steps necessary to get that program in place independence is way ahead of us on this by the way no way yeah yep i know i know i'm going up there uh they have i think they activated the district like as soon as the law was passed or something like that they were on it uh of course they also didn't accept urban renewal but um oh good uh, (laughs) you've done done it now yeah here we go go. the gloves are off uh i am i am uh after i've done a little bit more reading i didn't have growing up here a concept of what it the project was and everybody complained about it the whole time but no one ever explained what they really did Uh, and now that i've like had a chance to go back and read about it it was pretty disastrous for the city but the theory at the time which wasn't completely without merit was small town i mean even in the 70s when the Mm -hmm. project was was done the population was declining Mm -hmm. and people were kind of terrified of what that meant and um so they wanted to do something it maybe it was desperation but um you know and it was controversial then i'm sure you uh, know that it wasn't just something we think about controversially in retrospect help you've clearly done some research on this i've done a little probably not enough there's a conspiracy theory oh I, let me uh, hear it and i love a conspiracy theory <laughs> yeah. that a lot of that generation of business owners you got to remember it's late 60s early 70s mm-hmm. so this would be our grandparents essentially right yeah, yeah. so 
that they was using it like a golden parachute because they saw the writing on the wall, the, inter the, the internet, the interstate system, the vehicles were getting a lot better. Going to Tulsa wasn't that big of a deal anymore. Right. The population's declining. And one of the business owners told a friend of mine that they gave me enough money for my building that I'll never have to worry about money again. So where does this money come from? And do you think maybe that this was the golden parachute that a lot of the old established business owners in Coffeyville in the late 60s and 70s saw the writing on the wall? Well, I will tell you, I don't think that that's actually a conspiracy. I think that that's true. From what I've read, that's true. There really? were there were, there hmm. there were mechanisms. I mean, you would call it um, uh, eminent domain or, you know, or uh, condemnation. My dad has a theory on the parking lots that if you didn't go along, your building became a parking lot. Well, I mean, <laughs> wow. eminent domain and, and condemnation are kind of a little bit interchangeable, mm -hmm. and I'm not a development attorney or, or an attorney you at stayed all. stayed at Holiday Inn, though, right? uh, I did. I did <laughs> before I bought a house yeah. here. But um, yeah. the the that concept, which is supported by you know uh, precedent with the Supreme Court and all that, is that if there is a legitimate government purpose— Usually nowadays yeah, it's transportation, mm -hmm. uh, but at the time it was probably something else. Uh, probably blight removal uh, is a common parlance. Uh, that the government could take the property, but they had to compensate mm -hmm. you fairly. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that got controversial is uh, I think urban renewal took a lot of properties. I think it was 200. So the scale wow. of that. There's you can like imagine 200. a downtown Coffeeville that was like four times bigger than it is I'm today. Breaking on you just for a second. 11th Street. Yeah. You know where 11th Street is? Where they build the new Pete's? I do. That was solid buildings all the all way the back way. through there. Solid. Two. Patterson. I have a picture. I'll show you. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, I'm sorry, Dave. No. It's, um, so the scale of it certainly guaranteed it was going to be controversial. But to your point, people were compensated, and there's a there's a legal process for handling that. Where you know a, basically a judge has to say, well, that's a fair value for yeah. the property, and so yeah, people probably did make out. But well, where did that money come from? Uh, urban renewal was a federal program, okay, and so but they had to create a local authority to sort of run the project, okay. and that was also controversial. And I'm not as well versed on that history. I did, I did not know that, that um, it was a federal people, funded thing. Yeah, I mean, it consider it like um, um, the. One of the larger recent things, like the Infrastructure and Jobs Act or whatever, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, mm -hmm. like that's a, a large, you know, amount of federal money that's going to be sent through existing programs, but um, and some new ones. But that's kind of similar. So there will be projects that come up that local communities didn't have a chance to pay for with their own money that they now can, um, and the theory usually with these programs is that there's a spinoff effect by the federal government spending money in those local communities that they couldn't, you know, come up with the money themselves. And in this case, it's, um, uh, you know, green jobs and all that stuff. At in, For urban renewal, it was cities were basically crumbling, you know, yeah. by the time this program was uh, getting into in full swing. And so um, you had, you know, white flight, if you're familiar with that term, basically in, in larger cities mostly, but... Uh, people just moved to the suburbs, these brand new oh, suburbs. white flight? White flight, I've, yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm not going to ask about. you what you thought I said. but uh, <laughs> No, I didn't, I didn't know what you said at first, but now I know what you said. So white flight was basically people who had the means, yes. and most of them were white, uh, hence the term, 
moved to the suburbs and just escaped the decline or the urban decline rather than sticking around and trying to make it better. Um, and there was a lot wrapped up in it, racism and, and the riots. And, you know, Kansas City had riots that they just torched entire neighborhoods. Um, and so people were like, I don't want to live around that. Yeah. And so they moved to like Overland Park or, uh, you know, Olathe or, you know, up north of the river in Kansas City. And that created sort of a population donut hole. And then the decline just kept going. So from the 60s until the 90s, urban centers and urban cores in most downtowns like yeah. Kansas City and yeah. Coffeyville even just declined. And now it's like pigeon crap and uh, yeah. vacant buildings that haven't buildings. been cared for. Yeah. And people are like, ah, you know, that, let's fix that. Well, urban renewal was a response to that at that time. And so, you know, oftentimes government good intentions and then certain parts of those things can go astray. And I would say our urban renewal program, because it was so destructive, would, would probably be one of the, legitimately one of the worst, because um, you can never get that history back. No. You know, there's, if you care about the environment, there's, there's, uh, there's energy invested in buildings that once you tear them down, you never get that back, uh, and it, they can be salvaged and restored. Uh, and so lots of good reasons not to do that. But um, it happened. And so now we have to work hard to counter it. That that history is important. And I'm in a weird spot. I'm old enough that my parents and, you know, our generation's parents talked about it. They had really vivid living memories of it. By the time we come of age, downtown was still a thing. You still went down to oh, get sure. clothes and yeah. stuff, you know, but it wasn't what it was. So now we're at a point... I've said some things on this podcast that either it's going to get me elected or it's not. Our our city slogan is our past fuels our future. Right. And a lot of people don't understand what that even means. Uh, Mr. Brown made a lot of money off of gas. So yep. they're trying gas, yep. they're trying to, you know, tie into that. But it seems like almost anymore that our past is hindering our future because we get people hung up. They can't get over the fact that urban renewal screwed us. It did. We don't like it, but at some point we can't let it hold us back. And I'm glad to see that people like you have education on the past and understand that it sucked. But man, we got to start. We got to do something here. We got to yeah, get moving. Yeah, I mean, here. what you're going to hear uh, me say a lot uh, when I'm talking to people locally is um, that you know there isn't, there's no savior for Coffeeville who's going to come in and sprinkle some kind of thing and then make yeah. it all better. Like that's yeah. that's absolutely not. You've heard me not say this. happening. Yeah. We got to save ourselves. The fund. This is going to get me in trouble, but the fundamentals yes. of Coffeeville are good. So if you're looking to invest, <laughs> like this is that's why the state is incentivizing development yeah. in these places because, like, oh, okay, well, there's a lot of local pollution. Uh, it's you know, it's relatively high crime for a rural area, and like all these other things. And schools are okay, but like, like if you're looking as an outsider to invest in a place, like you would say, eh, okay, not today. And so that's going to have to come from within. Mm -hmm. And I'm doing it because I'm from here and I care and I have like this creeping nostalgia that I didn't <laughs> have in my 30s and 40s. It happens, That's man. drawing me back and, you know, that's not unusual. But, yeah, you know, it seems to be a theme. The people that are helping out are the ones that are coming back with, and, with the knowledge and experience. Yeah, and tapping into that, I think yeah. that I would like to start this trend where – People, maybe they're not ready to move back like me. I'm not going to live in Coffeeville full time until maybe I retire. But, um, you know, people who 
may not want to live here. They've got a good life in California or New York or Florida or somewhere, uh, but they could invest or care enough to maybe come back more. Somebody visiting Coffeeville after having been gone 30, that's still tourism. Like if you just come back for a weekend to like Mm -hmm. do a thing at the Midland, New Midland Theater or go to a Red Ravens thing that you haven't been to in 30 years because you kind of just turned your back on stuff. Like that's that's enough to make a difference if enough people who just are from here and have a decent memory of it come back a little bit more. Um, you'd be surprised how much of a difference just that could make. You don't have to have, you know, the world's greatest quilt store or, you know, a theme park or... Wouldn't that be amazing? Don't ask me about that thing in Vanita. I have opinions, but uh, that's... Yeah, you know we got to ask you about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Roller coasters are coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you don't need that kind of stuff. And it's also not very Coffeeville, too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our history is, you know, the Dalt Museum, uh, the Brown Family, uh, Railroads are probably kind of an untapped history, you know. But, Is, yeah. Am I wrong here? But shouldn't we be milking the Dalton thing for everything it's worth to to a degree? I I mean, my dad volunteers there, so I have to kind of be a little careful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is uh, I, I think that, you know, hey, they moved into a new building. Mm-hmm. The new building is spacious. They got it for practically nothing. And, you know, the, I, they've been able to keep the volunteer thing going. Um, and it does, it's one of the thing that, one of the things that consistently draws people mm-hmm. and it's open a lot, right? Like if people mm-hmm. come here for that, it's going to be open. So I think, um, and thankfully our, the building we're, we want to buy is, is two doors down from it or three doors. Um, so that's good exposure. I, I think the reenactment is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also, I learned recently, I thought we'd been reenacting it forever, but it actually, I think only goes back until like the sixties. You know, does that sound right? I felt I mean, like I just read that. I think you're right. I saw some pictures today, uh, and it was definitely the 60s because the old buildings are still there. I'm not going to say yes and talk. Yeah, about I feel like I read because I'm reading the slowly reading the Centennial book. Oh, I got one of those too. <laughs> that is quite informative, man. It is informative, but is not what you would call a Pulitzer Prize winning literature. It's good uh, for a guy like me that hates to read. Yeah. So I can read little bits and you then move on. You can absolutely read one paragraph and put it down <laughs> yes, and not can. think about it for it's a couple like weeks. It's like 745 books in one because it's like, here's a segment, boom, there's another one, there's another one. Oh, gosh. It's actually somewhere out here. But anyway, it's a pretty interesting book. I mm. feel like I read in there that like it was something to do with the centennial and they decided to reenact. And that was kind of mm. where the whole thing started. But. You know, if you've got a tip line or something like that, someone please call in and correct me. <laughs> we do. <laughs> but um, that's, uh, you know, I think a really great thing. I've only been to it once in recent times, mm-hmm. and it was, it's pretty cool. I mean, the fact that it's, you know, they put up the little fake building facades, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, there, there's a pretty good telling of the history of what happened. So, you know, it's like you can go back and reliably reenact that. Um, and it's a cool story. I mean, they yeah. they've done movies about it. They've written books. Hell, yeah. uh, Josh Gates was just here a couple, well, two years ago. Uh, Expedition Unknown, the Discovery Channel. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. full on production yeah. downtown. We've showcased Coffeeville. We've talked about it a lot, and I've talked to other people tons. I just think when he was talking about milking it for everything it's got, um, somebody, and 
course, it's easy to talk about doing it. It's a different thing, but somebody could open a restaurant and make it like an old saloon, whether it's a, a steakhouse or a sports bar, but like playing off the Dalton thing and becoming like a section of downtown, kind of like a Some, silver dollar city. Somebody has kind of thing. told me that yeah. there's in the works really? what stage they're be, in. I don't know, neat. but... Restaurants are hard. That's why we're not yes. using that word yeah. <laughs> because the bill that's more expensive, yeah. uh, it would make uh, the residential piece above more complex because mm. of like airflow and you know, oh, grease yeah. and like you know, all that stuff. And all that. So um, not super interested in that, but like if we had someone, we don't have a tenant yet, by the way, so I should make that pitch that we're looking <laughs> for interested tenants uh, and it will be a full renovation of the building, which will be unique downtown. Nobody, ha- to my knowledge, no one has done a full renovation top to bottom of any of these buildings other than the correct. Perkins building, which yeah. is owned by the city. Yeah. So, um, and again, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think that we would be unique if we're successful with that. So attracting a tenant, I think, might be a little easier because uh, of really, all new mechanicals and, you know. Really neat that it's on the corner too, right? And there. it's a corner it's, property it's facing really cool. the plaza, you know, Christmas on the plaza, all that it's stuff. Really cool. The reenactments right there. So, um, I think that we should be well positioned to attract a tenant, but don't have one yet. It'll come. Everything comes. Yeah. So have we missed anything? Is there anything that you want to talk about? Um, well, you know, I think the th- I'll wade into, you know, we talked about urban renewal, which was the thing that put the awnings on the mm-hmm. downtown buildings, <laughs> along with a lot of other things that were removed. Uh, like, you know, our the building that we are trying to buy had metal a metal facade on it. Yes. Uh, for a lot of its time, and that was removed when the awning on that side of of the street was removed. I think so. Um, you know, the awnings do provide shade. Uh, that's a real functional mm-hmm. uh, purpose, and obviously, whoever designed that as part of urban renewal was looking for continuity, right? It was like, very mod too. It, yeah, and it's it's a weird sort of uh, mix of like raw concrete, sort of what they'll call brutalism if you're mm-hmm. an architecture nerd, uh, and then weird Spanish tiles. Like, you know, Spain didn't build a lot of concrete yeah. brutalist buildings and then put <laughs> traditional Spanish tile, tile on top, it. but America loved it. And uh, so that sort of w- mix of styles... Um, and then, you know, the rest of it, they changed the layout of the streets. The streets used to be really wide, yep. and, um, lots of room, and they had streetcars on them. So yep. that's uh, something that I probably should have talked about because I do a lot of work with public transportation. And somewhere under those, uh, under that asphalt, there's rails that had streetcars in inner urbans. That's cool. I wonder if it's under there. I was told by somebody in the know that says a lot of it is buried behind a shrine barn. Uh, anything's possible. I mean... Um, the streets were dirt for a you know a lot longer mm-hmm. in Coffeyville than a lot of places, uh, and they had the rails in the ground then. At some point, things were paved with brick or pavers, yeah. Yeah. I think more accurately, because uh, building bricks are different than street paving bricks. They usually call them pavers. Anyway, so um, you know that's it's all possible. I mean, they could have removed it all during urban renewal. I don't know. Uh, they could have just paved right over it, which is what a lot of cities did. Well, I'm thinking you need to get a uh, pick, Derek. I'll go down there and start just digging. Just go to town. Yeah. Let us know. All right. I'll let Put you a know. Put GoPro on. I'll let you know how long I get watch before I get the cuffs. Okay. Be good content. Yeah. yeah that's really about it. Um, you know, I just, I want people to know that we're, our motives are, are honest and we care about Coffeeville and, you know, 
it's I'm not looking to make any money <laughs> or take advantage of anybody. It's just that like I I know that there's potential, and if somebody can do it once, then somebody else can say, "Oh, I can do that," and yeah. I'd be happy to help that person figure it out. And I think that's what we need. We don't need someone from out of town. Oh, I'm from out of town, but like right. someone to come in and just sprinkle money on downtown. Like that's a not going to happen. Like I said earlier, and B, um, it should come from within. It should mm-hmm. come from the people who know authentic Coffeeville and can yeah. say, "Well, the Dalton thing that we got to embrace that." Or the yeah. Yeah. so I can think of two or three people. Some of them are my friends. Uh, I like the heck out of them, but they would bring. Big city ideas, because they've lived in big cities, to Coffeeville and then wonder why it didn't take. Do you think it's possible to take some big city ideas to get them to work in Coffeeville? So my inspirations are um, Pahuska, Oklahoma. Yeah, there's a very rich woman there. That's absolutely true. But she took what a lot of people would say was a big city idea Mm -hmm. and put it in one of the smallest, most decrepit, towns in northeast Oklahoma. That is an accurate description. And, you know, Pahuska had nothing going for it. And um, I shouldn't say that. Like, people live there and they love it. We get what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from an outside perspective. And um, Humboldt. See, I've heard about Humboldt, but I haven't been through there lately because of the dang internet, internet, (laughs) internet, uh, interstate system. When I go to Kansas City, go Chiefs, uh, you don't go through it no more. Uh, Yeah, um, we... Uh, have a friend who has been in the uh, service industry in Kansas City for a long time, and she kind of turned us onto it before it became kind of a big thing. She's like, "I'm starting, I'm going to run a restaurant in Humboldt." I was like, "I think I know where that's at." <laughs> uh, you know, to your point, the the highway doesn't go through it anymore. Their downtown is is pretty amazing. For they Humboldt. have a traditional town square is which it, we don't have. Is it happening? Like, yeah. Oh, there's quite a few like stores that you would think, "What in the hell is?" This doing really? in humble, yeah. It that's that's a those are both cases where people who were from there left, made mint, yeah, and then decided to come back and. I was going to say that that's also starts with a big purse in the beginning because the yeah, B and W guy will be different dumped, for us. <laughs> dumped dumps a bunch You're of money. B and W or B and W B and W truck beds. Oh, the guy okay. that, is that the Humboldt thing? Yeah, the yeah. guy that owns B and W truck bed, which is worldwide huge company now hmm. has dumped a lot of money well, into that is, and he creates his own incentives for people there but he's from there right like that's yes. his that's the connection yes. and Reed Drummond of course is from yeah. Yeah. Husker or somewhere right around and there. they they have their own issues too you know I, I know some people that live up in that area and there's constantly people harping the negatives um, now it's becoming a big thing in Humboldt people's taxes are going through the roof this because is, of that. This is why because it's important that it... or something? Yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. When yeah. you put a million dollars into a property in downtown Humboldt... Yeah, the surrounding you know, ones are going to... That's right. It just It's called comparables, right? Like the building next door oh, is yeah. now worth a million dollars because someone literally put a million dollars in it. The building next door is going to rise in value. Most people's homes are their biggest investment. And Mm -hmm. so there's this delicate balance, and I use home instead of commercial building because most people can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, You want it to go up, but you don't want it to go up so much that your taxes become unaffordable. And it's this really... Go up maybe a little bit at a time. Delicate balance with when you have something happen. And I'm very sensitive to that because it happened in my neighborhood. 
I was what they call a gentrifier. I bought a what they call a luxury condominium I know you're talking in about. the crossroads before anybody was living there. And um, everything that happened after that made the costs of everything go up. Just skyrocket. So I lived it firsthand and have talked to a lot of people about how to avoid that. And that's where the small-scale development comes in. I'm not spending a million dollars on renovating the Plaza <laughs> Pharmacy. It might be two fifty, um, but that will get it to a point where it's can be occupied, and then the upstairs people will want to live in it and probably pay normal rent, like not subsidized. Uh, and so, and then I'm done. Like I don't, I don't need a um, craft cocktail bar because, I, to your point earlier, that's probably something that you wouldn't necessarily translate here. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't yeah, tell you. Yeah, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Well, long story short, it's paying a lot of money for a drink. Oh, and, okay. uh, you know, with some, lots of cool right. ingredients that smoke, you're like, what is smoke that? bourbon. And that's right. That's right. I, I, I had an idea what she was talking about, but I'm like, I'm not going to pretend. You get to so. lift the lid off of it and have the no, smoke. Come and because there's it. so much effort going into it, you're going to pay $12, $14 for yeah. a cocktail, which would obviously not go over well yeah. here. Give that's me a shot. Fu- funny you mention that. I think that's a bargain to some of them because I heard on another podcast yeah, you get to I listened bigger to. Cities and, yeah, some, yeah, I don't yeah. remember what city it was. I think it was in California somewhere, probably. But uh, they were talking about uh, a super high-end place like that to where if you want to, you can spend upwards of $50, $70, $80 on one drink. Good Lord, son. Yeah. It takes them like... I'm Twenty a, minutes to I'm make it. Old Mill Light from MMW Liquor down here. <laughs> yeah, but a brewery. I mean, Independence. Cents. I mean, we all probably are familiar with Indie Brew yep. Works. Like that's yeah. that should have been Coffeeville's success story. I know that, and that I know story. there's a story mm. there, but we don't need to go into you it. Know? But um, you know, uh, that's something that is very. Uh, there there are seven breweries in my neighborhood, oh, and wow. you know that's something that's very translatable to Coffeeville. That indie brew work story that we're not going to get into <laughs> is so tempting. a spotlight example of why Coffeeville is where we're at right now. Yeah. Like we've got to be aggressive. Constant negativity the, that comes I, up. I saw one of my old posts just a couple of days ago where I said, I hate this cliche. We got to think outside the box. I said, we got to get out the box and light the box on fire to get a fire under our ass. Mm-hmm. Well, we have, Justin, I will tell you, the box does provide some benefits. So I, <laughs> I will disagree with you we, there. We've, we've got to start thinking yeah. differently. Yes. We got to start, we got to do something, you know. I don't have all the ideas, but it's people like you that I'm like, what can I do to help you? You know what I mean? So I think yeah. just, you know, we're shockingly in agreement on the negativity. Uh, I shouldn't say shocking, but like, you know, uh, that was probably the one thing I wasn't like expecting to walk away from this conversation uh, with today is that um, too many people are negative. They can't see a future beyond what it looks like, what the present looks like, because the present represents decline. And, you know, the only way to do that is to do something bold and something that hasn't been done or that is yeah. done well somewhere there else that we're not doing. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm going to try to bring. And the, I, I've been very remiss to not talk about the Midland Theater. And I know that there's lots of opinions about that, too. I'm going to eat a lot of crow on time. that deal. You know, you, you are. I don't know what you said, but, like, yes, did, you're going to eat crow. Because, I didn't think it would happen. Well, you've now got... It took a while, but now you've got, and I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn. There are people who've been on the board much longer than I have, and have really demonstrated. We got a demonstrated. horn you can toot if you want. <laughs> or a bell. Um, yeah. But there's there's progress now. Like yes. 
that front of the house uh, is going to open, uh, and I'm the chair of the programming committee, so I'll take your programming ideas. All right. Um, hmm. Will, Leopard or Rat or something You're going to go like inside. <laughs> you're not going to go into the theater, the auditorium yet. That's a much bigger project and further down the line. But you're going to be able to go inside. And we're going to take advantage of every downtown activity, uh, and you're going to be able to go in and buy popcorn, Oh, wow. Even if you can't see a movie or go into the auditorium, that's cool. That's going to happen right away. And uh, between that project and what I'm doing, and some of the work that other people are really trying to do, but with you know, uh, with longer time frames, uh, I I think things are going to be pretty good down there. I like what you have that's to cool. say, man. I uh, I don't want to say leery. I'm just I've seen the big city stuff before come here and it not work. But I think you have a grasp on it, unlike other people, because you're from here, so you understand what's going on here, but yet you have ideas that we need because our ideas, they ain't working, son. And the research and education <laughs> behind yeah. it for some of the incentives. and You seem like you might yeah, be programs. smart. We like that. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, I, I like to think that I've at least learned something about uh, like grassroots development and redevelopment of you do, historic you do, buildings. You do words good, David. Yeah. I do words real good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That journalism yeah. degree did me, uh, did me real good. Great. I uh, I don't do words good sometimes, but that's just how it is. Uh, man, I'm excited. Uh, I'm looking forward yeah, to seeing I, what you got going on. It's really uh, neat. Derek and I kind of, we live in a space that a lot, a lot of people in Caulfield ain't living in. I'm trying to make something on the internet. He's doing stuff on the internet, and people like you can bring big city ideas. I think we, Caulfield can truly have another golden era. I believe they can. We can. But we got to... We got to shake some cobwebs. We got to work together and do it from within. And I think that's if anybody walks away from this with something, it's that like start a business. People start businesses all the time. It's risky, yeah. uh, and if we make places for people to do that and they're cool, yeah, um, you know, because I don't want to run a business. That's not my thing. But just like, go buy an old building like I did. Just did yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Sure enough. Did you uh, buy an old building? Well, it's not. I mean, it, it's kind of old. Not it's not downtown. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. You have cool. to check it out sometime. Maybe you need a wood shop in downtown coffee. <laughs> well, there, I'll tell you, there's a lot of, uh, like we we talked about before, that was one of my questions. I wrote down what you asked him about the comparing big city ideas to small towns. Um, a perfect example, the, something huge in my space with all the the social media and woodworking and YouTube and whatnot. Uh, Oklahoma City is a fantastic example. I don't remember the gentleman's name down there, but they started a, a furniture business in a building almost exactly like the Browns Furniture Building yeah. downtown. Well, I'm sure they spent in excess of 250000 to remodel that building, but they kept all of its old character. In the basement, they have all their, or at the first floor, they have all their wood shop. And it's all glassed off, so it's a tourist attraction now. Sure, people can come in there and watch them build. Like they make dining tables that start at like three or four thousand dollars, and it's three stories tall. You need McDonald's on that. Yeah, <laughs> and there's you know, thousands of people that go in there every day. That I is, mean, it's really that cool. That is an idea that you know it obviously people at Coffeeville wouldn't probably all line up to pay no, that much for a no, table, no. but if you had enough internet presence, yeah. Uh, People might come to the showroom because of that. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, think of the people that are going to Pawhuska right now, like, yep. you know, from all over the place, or um, like Bentonville, right? Like, Bentonville was kind of nothing. I mean, yeah. it's like nothing, but like, you know, now it's like 
you know, one Crystal of the fastest growing. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah now that's another cool. one of those cases of big money yep, coming yep. back uh, or being invested. Um, and which I, I don't things. have a I don't have a, a giant YouTube channel by any means, but it it's growing. And just the the small group of people that I have, you know, people want to come see my shop all the time just to see it because I want to see your shop. They've now. seen it in videos so many times. Yeah. Um, now I have a shop assistant that freaks people out because she's a mannequin. Um, Dude's a little strange. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we do some weird. We do some weird stuff nowadays. But my point is, um, you can generate a lot of things even with just me by myself because of social media and, and the yeah, internet so, yeah. nowadays. You don't have to have fifty thousand people coming in the door like Walmart every day to have a successful business anymore. I believe I'm not going to keep you here much longer, but I got to. I got to get this out. I am of. I think events are a big deal. I dig events. I like putting oh, them oh, on. Oh, events. I thought you said Vince. I was like, who's Vince? <laughs> you know, Vince Funk. <laughs> He's a good uh, guy. I know that guy. Yeah. This, like, like this right here. Caulfield yeah. Street Drags. You know, I was the originator of it. It, it formed here. We had Is thousands it drag of racing? people. Yeah, we had okay. thousands of people because we have an open-minded chief of police here who I approached and said, hey, what do you think about letting us go 130 mile an hour down the street? He's like, tell me about it. We had... Thousands of people out there. We brought, we had complaints that every restaurant in town was busy and we couldn't get anything. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry that we brought buttloads of people to your town. You're too busy. And I think we have a revenue issue here. And I really think there's a way that we can figure out how to get people from around to come here and leave their money and go back home. You don't have to stay. Just leave some of your money and mm-hmm. go home. And I think money fixes a lot of things. Yeah, the problem is I don't have a lot of that money to fix it. So yeah. I'm But like you trying. said, a little bit out of yeah, just a, lots a, of people. Yeah, like a... The chamber with their... Yeah. Brew, we're in the brew fest. Congratulations. And in the barbecue deal, we were challenged by the meat whisperer. Uh, he makes pretty good barbecue. and uh, We'll have better shirts. We're going to have better shirts than him, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, we're going to smoke him, literally. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Dang, Yancey, okay. ring that bell right now. Uh, anyway, that's a good event. The, the Dalton Defenders is a, cool, is a cool event. And like you mentioned, David, people that have lived here in the past that maybe moved off somewhere, even if they come back for a weekend or something to one of those events, like there's obviously tens of thousands of people that have lived here sometime in their life oh, yeah. that don't live here now. They could come back, like yeah. I said, even for a weekend. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. Hey, we're going to make it cool again. I'm glad... Uh, we need a slogan. Let's make coffee feel cool again <laughs> yeah. or something. Uh, I'm glad you came by. Um, Thanks for the invite. I wasn't sure. I sent somebody a message earlier. And I said, tell me about him. What do I need to know? <laughs> and she said, you're going to do fine. And we did fine. And uh, you're always welcome. I'd like to get some updates on your building. And Yeah, absolutely. Happy to share. Yeah. I'm an open book. You know, uh, I, you know, I'm not looking for a... Um, I want you to go to the Tenderloin Grill and eat a pig nose okay, sandwich. Okay, I am going to check that out now. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to yeah. go with me. Yeah, uh, I'll order something else. All right. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming by. Hey, uh, as I always ask you to go by the website, wkopodcast.com, buy a shirt, uh, leave a donation if you can. We got a new producer, Baron Bob. I don't know if he wants to say his last name. He didn't tell me to, so I'm not going to. We really appreciate you helping us out, and we appreciate everybody that helps us out. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, tell your grandma about it. Thank you. See you later.